0: Welcome back to Intimacies by Daria. <laughs> I haven't been here in a little while, In a little while is a long while, which is why I'm feeling a little bit shy, and we have the grand task of breaking the ice. So let's break the ice. My name is Daria Supanverdina, I'm 20 years old, and this is my podcast, where we talk about longing and empty spaces. And that includes a lot of a lot of talk about love or lack thereof, about highs and lows, yeah, the crazy space that my mind is, and all the ways in which I try to feel whole, and all the things that I long for, and everything and anything else. So welcome. If you've been here before, then you know that our last episode was a pretty juicy one as that was a few months ago, back in March. And it was a documentation <laughs> of my feelings after running into my former lover and his new girlfriend spontaneously at a little little potty, actually. And then I had to flee the potty, and I had a little, or maybe not a, so little, a very large emotional breakdown on the street. And then I went home. And I cried, and I cried, and I cried, and I cried, and I made a podcast, and I talked about how it all felt. And that's kind of, I guess, how the podcast started. We started it a few months ago, before March, when I felt like I was in a purgatory state of just no longer being with the person that I was in love with, and knowing that that was the right decision, and yet also feeling so tethered to him and so entangled with him and, you know, it just felt as though I was never going to get out of it and as though I was always going to feel so much for this person, but at this point it was just so much weight and so much pain. And it kept impressing me, actually, because every time that I would feel pain for him, I would think, oh yes, this is the last time that this is happening. Because we have concluded our journey. And then a new form of pain would find me and it would feel just as big or sometimes even bigger than before. And it left me really exhausted and confused because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do, you know? This relationship was an on and off one, mostly on, <laughs> and then quite a little on and off towards the end. Where we broke up a little more than a year ago around the last June and it has taken me pretty much a year to let go of it and feel as though I'm moving forward and that is why we're back here today actually because last time I talked into this void I did not feel like I had let go at all and I had no clue when I would reach that point and it was so strange because around a month later, I finally did, and it was so unexpected. The reason why I haven't been making regular episodes as I sought out to is partially because it takes a lot more for me than I anticipated sometimes to sit down and talk through my feelings. And the last episode, um, after running into my former lover. It gets a little, maybe, redundant to keep calling him my former lover. So we're going to give him a nickname. We're going to call him Cookie. After running into Cookie and his new girlfriend, I think it's easy to say that that was probably the most, one of the most, or maybe the most emotionally painful experience that I've had. I guess it was probably the, the surprise of it first, not really having been buttered up and prepared for such knowledge and it being thrown upon me. Secondly, likely that I was probably slightly inebriated and so it had loosened me up like a goose and I was feeling particularly emotional. And thirdly, the way that we had ended, Cookie and I, um, was really painful for me because even though I was the one who... Kept breaking things off It always felt as though, yes, it was something that I wanted, but also something that I was being forced to do by the circumstances where I loved him so much and for most of our relationship, what mattered to me most was to protect our relationship and was to just keep trying at it until it finally worked and it never worked. And likely, if we had tried again, it still wouldn't have worked. And <laughs> even in 10 years, it probably still wouldn't work. Because I've realized that we we just don't fit each other at all. And that's okay. But it took me a long time to accept that, th- that that's okay. And so, a few weeks before I'd ran into, or maybe I guess a month before, Before I'd ran into Cookie and his new girlfriend, I'd been going on dates, and I thought that was moving forward. But then each date would leave me feeling as though, as though there was so much missing in these, I don't know, interactions that I'd have with other men, and that there was none of the intimacy that I'd experienced with Cookie. And so after each date, I would feel this intense urge to just go seek out Cookie and be with him. Physically, like, I really had this just intense impulse to go hunt him down. And I would do that, actually. I would try, and it would gradually um, dawn upon me that he wasn't responding to my messages anymore, and he didn't want to see me anymore, and that was really painful. Because, I guess, just gradually feeling the person that you love let go of you, and almost watching it happen outside of your own body is really difficult, of course. I think, especially with on and off situations, it's strange because there are so many endings, but it's never really an ending because it's on and off and you anticipate that you're gonna get back together with this person and you're still talking and the breaks within during which you're not together. And so when this started happening, again, this was around um, March, February, I realized that this was the end. That there wasn't gonna be another chapter, another attempt. And I think that realization striked so much fear in me because letting go is not my forte. (laughs) And so in March, before I'd bumped into Cookie and his new girlfriend, I remember I had been messaging him all these things and calling him and pretty much begging him to, to try again, or to, to let me try again, because at this point I'd also, I guess, convinced myself that I was the one who had messed things up, and that I was the one who kept breaking things off, and that there were so many good things between us, but I simply wasn't able to, to feel them, that I was too in my head, and that maybe if I just approached things differently, if I was just a little bit stronger then we could really make it work. And so I remember spring break, I had come home and on the flight there, I had written him a couple of these long emails trying to help him understand what I felt was wasn't working between us. And then I had sent him all of these messages, quite literally begging him, begging Mm -hmm. to get back together to try again, Um, that telling him that I'll be different this time that, you know, like, Some of our biggest issues were often times to do with behaviors of mine that he wasn't always comfortable with. For example, like my social media and my writing and the fact that I, um, a phrase that would always come back up would be that I do what I want. And it would really frustrate him or I guess maybe even hurt him because maybe it would feel as though as though I, I didn't take him into consideration enough or that I didn't listen to him when making my decisions. And at the time it, it really hurt me to hear that because I definitely have this lasting fear that always comes back that I'm a selfish person, that I'm inconsiderate or careless person, that I am a bad person. And so when I would hear him say that, you know, like I, I only do what I want to do it wouldn't, at the time, I guess, register in my head that that's normal and that that's, of course, I want to do what I want to do. We all want to do what we want to do. And I do think it was a form of emotional manipulation on his part, though I don't think it was necessarily intentional. I think maybe it was just a pattern that he picked up. And yeah, so when I was begging him to, to try again, again, I I, just, I felt as though I was the one who had been in the wrong all along, that. If I ask nicely that he'll take me back, maybe if I delete my writing then it would work. That in the time that we had taken apart that I had grown and that I've grown into this person who will be able to really listen to him and work as a team. And I told him all these things and he never replied and that really, really hurt because I like responses. (laughs) because it doesn't feel all that good to beg somebody and <laughs> for them not to reply <laughs> of course and it was a good thing it was a really good thing that he didn't reply because that would have been the worst decision possible to try again and in retrospect I'm so grateful that he didn't respond well no actually <laughs> I'll edit that I'm very grateful that we didn't try again, that we didn't get back together. I'm not as grateful that he didn't respond, because I think that's something that that really hurt me and also kind of shifted my perception of him a little. Because I did feel like at that time I was owed a response, or that at least a response would have been the caring thing to do, or at least the considerate thing to do, and It kind of, um, I guess, sent me back also to the beginning of a relationship because the way we had started was... I'm not sure if I've talked about it fully on this podcast, but and I'm not going to get into it fully here right now because it's long and confusing, and I never know how to get it out with not too many words, but pretty much I felt as though we had shared this really intimate experience together when we had met, And then I felt as though I was ghosted shortly after and that we started off with this dynamic of me pretty much waiting for a response and him never getting back to me. And that was something that had hurt me for a really long time and actually kind of bled into our relationship too. And so the fact that he could not respond to me again after hearing me beg him and knowing how much pain it had caused me originally when he hadn't responded to me a few a couple of years before that, I think that was something that changed the way that I saw him. And so then around I guess maybe three, four weeks later, that was when I had ran into him and his new girlfriend and that was why a big part of why, last episode I was so debilitated by the experience and that is also why I'm only coming back to this podcast right now. Sitting down here and continuing to talk through what I was feeling about this relationship and kind of being sent back into that headspace I think was very, was a lot for me. After that, the last episode, this podcast is simultaneously incredibly cathartic and helps me process things and better understand how I feel and how to move forward from those feelings. And at the same time, it's similar to my writing, for example, where you really have to sit with it all and you can't quite escape the feelings and instead you have to just dive headfirst into them. And so I think I needed a bit of a a vacation from, from those emotions, maybe. And it's good, because now that I'm sitting down here again, I, I feel how drastically differently I feel to the way that I felt in March. And it's nearly surreal because, again, when I was going through all of that, I just had this weight of hopelessness, I guess, in terms of time and feeling differently. I just felt as though this was never going to end, and then it did end. and I'm going to talk you through that. And another thing to add, I guess, in terms of why I've taken so long to make another episode is that I've tried to make more episodes. I've actually sat down around three times between March and now and have recorded full episodes. But then when editing through them, I would listen to myself and I didn't feel as though what I was saying was what I wanted to put out there. And I was very, it was very confusing, actually, because I guess with this podcast, my one of my ambitions for it is to try to be as honest and raw as I can be and to really see whether I, I can construct a genuine feeling of intimacy between myself and, well, you. And so documenting things as they happen, I think that's very important because time seems to oftentimes change our memory of emotions. And I want to find the right balance between documenting what I'm experiencing and also doing it thoughtfully and reflectively and trying to deliver things in the softest way that I can. And up until a certain point, I, up until now, pretty much, it was very impossible for me to be soft when it comes to talking about cookie. (laughs) Cookie. (laughs) That's, I guess, that's where I want to, I mean, I know I've already been blabbing on, but this is the first part of the podcast. What I want to talk about is how angry I've been for a while. And how I've only recently, and by recently I mean probably three four weeks ago, stepped out of that anger finally. Like the episodes that I had recorded, I hesitated putting out there, and I'm glad that I went with not putting out there actually, because they're not what I want to stay out there. Even though everything I say here I feel like is me, I also know that I'm someone who's so... Influenced by my emotions and that my emotions can be very all-consuming and Bias me and Change my perception of what happened. And I mean, that's most people of course. And so I'm glad that the times that I'd sat down I (laughs) Talked things out and said what I needed to But I'm glad I didn't put it put it out there on the internet because Those emotions have now passed and I think I've returned to a part of me or a version of myself that feels most like me and that version is somebody who's who tries to be quite soft with myself and with other people and in the episodes that I tried to sit down and record I couldn't do that I was really angry and it hardened me it hardened me towards cookie towards the way that I'd seen our relationship towards myself even I think towards the my hopes for what comes next in terms of my love life and I'm really excited to be sitting down right now and sharing all these juicy things about myself with you again because I feel like I finally have come to this place where I can make the kind of content I really want to be making and that content is just again to be as soft with myself and to be as soft with with the men who pass in and out of my life and um yeah because I think also maybe listening to softness it can provoke softer parts inside inside ourselves That's why I set out to do this podcast and that's how I want to move forward with it. Around April, I guess a month after, I'd ran into Cookie and his new girlfriend and felt all that pain and, you know, the weeks that followed, Um, I don't remember them too closely now, but I do remember things just being very simplified and reduced to routine and to just getting out of bed, getting to school, doing what I had to do to, I guess, stay afloat. And as time went on, it, it got easier. And it was nice because I think I, because of the on and off nature of our relationship, I had lost hope in the idea of time being a healing agent. Because I felt like so much time had passed that, it, you know, it was already almost a year and I still was so stuck, so deeply stuck on this person and on... The feelings that they provoked in me. And then finally, I was feeling it. I was feeling time accumulate. And I think, and of course this is actually a pretty obvious thing to say, (laughs) but it was not as obvious for me. Or maybe it was obvious, but it was, it had taken me a long time to get to a place where I was able to do this. And by this, I mean to let time accumulate with the right distance because during that entire... basically all those months before that, we were over, but it was hard for me to really grasp my head around that. And I think maybe for both myself and Cookie, that rang true and that we kind of both felt as though there was just something left to fix, to change, to work through, and then we could get back together and then things will really work out this time. And the reason why I kept breaking things off was because it was so... I felt it in my bones. Thought that that wasn't the case. And my intuition was telling me that something about us just doesn't work. And that, like, sitting there and trying to be together was poisoning us more than it was getting us anywhere. And so I knew that. I felt that in my bones. And yet, at the same time, my head and my heart, they... I mean they wanted to be with cookie and they missed cookie and they missed the intimacy between us and cookie and because of that all those months being on and off every time we'd break up and every time I'd even go on dates with other people even t- every time I'd get excited about another person it felt like play pretend or like stalling or like distracting myself because I knew that Cookie was still the central figure in my own mind and narrative and that I just still felt as though our bodies were even like physically connected where at night that was maybe the hardest part all those months when I was trying to let go just having to fall asleep and no longer having the opportunity like any chance to fall asleep with this person ever again that was really painful. Because I love intimacy, and I I love physical intimacy, and I think falling asleep with someone is, at least for me, the best embodiment of that, or the most satiating embodiment of that. And just the prospect, like thinking about the idea, oh my voice is getting funny, okay it's back, thinking about how I might never ever again fall asleep with them was uh, was a little heartbreaking, and also uh, I was lonely. And I'm still lonely. I still think a lot about just falling asleep with another body, but not just anybody, like a body you feel that close to. Yeah. So time was, it was moving forward, but it didn't feel like it was moving forward. And then suddenly, one day, close to the end, or the beginning of April, I just, I realized that I had somehow, somewhere along the way, stepped out of being in love with him. And it's so strange because I really am not sure, like, what exact thing or event point in time to attribute it to, but I remember it it feeling very, this moment just clicking for me. Kind of looking up and thinking, oh wow. Yeah. I don't think I'm, or actually I know that I'm, I'm no longer in love with this person. And when that point hit, that made it so much easier to let go and detach myself. Because... That's when I started to see things that took place between us and certain dynamics within our relationship drastically different than I had before. And that's where we get back to the idea of me being very angry. During our relationship, I realized I spent a lot of time trying and working so hard to protect it because it had been so unstable from the beginning and it was so clear that we just, you know, and that we had to kind of fight ourselves in order to try to be together. And so from the beginning, I think I took on this defensive mode where I was trying to defend it from myself, from my intuition, from my friends. Because of that, it warped my view of things, but it also really affected my experience of emotions. I have a bit of a difficult time talking about this because I don't want to talk in a frustratingly vague way. And yet I also want to strike the right balance between being honest, being true to my own experiences, and not airing dirty laundry, because people do make mistakes, especially young men make a lot of mistakes. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to know how to represent that in storytelling, and especially online, something I'm I'm trying to navigate and something I'm probably going to continue to try to navigate and probably make a lot of mistakes on myself. To sum up, I guess, the things that happened between us that left me angry so many months later. Most of those things had to do with my body and physical intimacy and the way that that took place between us, the way it developed, um, the way I was left to feel... Once I was finally out of love with them, I just, it dawned upon me, like it flooded me, like the degree to which I felt so physically uncomfortable in this relationship, and never physically unsafe, but definitely just deeply physically uncomfortable, and there are a lot of reasons to explain that, some are definitely just his behavior, some are, I guess, just The power dynamics within our relationship, it never really felt like the kind of relationship that I went into and I was like, this guy and I are on equal grounds. It always, especially when it came to physical intimacy, felt like he had the upper hand. And that, of course, really affected the way that, well, the way that we started to have sex with each other, the way that we continued to, the way that I would react in sexual situations, the way that I would speak up for myself or not speak up for myself. So it's a mix of behavior on his part and circumstances and my own behavior too. One reason, I guess one big, big area of of anger was that realization that I had just been in this relationship with someone who made me feel so physically uncomfortable. And then the other one was I looked back on things and I saw them as emotional manipulation and I kind of realized, I guess, that I was very vulnerable to that throughout our relationship and didn't really see that. And I think emotional manipulation is a tricky thing to talk about because on one hand it can be something that someone does very actively and something someone is very aware of and uses it as a tactic to gain an upper hand in terms of power On the other hand, it's also, I think, something that people can learn quite unconsciously, particularly from, like, parental dynamics, childhood dynamics when they're growing up. And sometimes people don't really they don't catch themselves on that and they don't see it as what it is and they're not aware that they're even doing it. Yeah, where even, like, I think about certain things that I've done or do and I think they can definitely be interpreted as emotionally manipulative, even if that's not necessarily my intention yeah this relationship i just i looked back on certain things and i was like oh wow it was so important for me at the time to be a good girlfriend to be someone who was providing for my partner and who was being considerate and who was being generous with him and who wasn't really like disappointing on any part and i think that was something he picked up on maybe through his words was able to leave me feeling guilty lot of the time and you know to the extent to which even at the end I was the one who was begging him on the phone to give me another chance even though and again this entire um, podcast is Intimacies by Daria therefore they're very biased towards Daria's feelings and thoughts and experiences and there's always other sides of the story but in my own opinion especially reflecting on it now I feel that emotionally I was a very caring person to be with because I, I, that was something so important to me. And so I think both of us experienced a lot of pain in that relationship, but very different kinds of pain. And that a lot of my actions that I'm not so proud of manifested as a reactionary form of defense oftentimes rather than me being the one on... offensive (laughs) mode and so since i guess april until around four weeks ago i was just so angry i no longer was in love with him and i looked back at our relationship and i just couldn't see any of the good stuff anymore i felt that i was with someone who just really took advantage of me who did certain things that i would never forgive him for honestly that i wouldn't even care if he You know if he just disappeared from the earth that it would not invoke any kind of feeling in me and it was strange because i was very detached and yet i was also so angry and when you're so angry it's not really you're you you can not really be detached because because you're feeling a lot of things for this person still and i remember like i told my friends and i told my therapist how i just have realized i'm so angry and that i don't see any motivation to feel otherwise and that it's not the kind of anger that's consuming me, and that it doesn't feel like it's taking a lo- up a lot of space in me, and that I have no reason to to f- forget and forgive, and so I won't. Again, it was it was a really strange experience because it didn't feel like it was holding me back or weighing down on me much, and in some ways it felt good. And one of the big reasons why it felt so good was also because since I was in this protective mode during our relationship... I wouldn't really allow myself to feel the fullness of the anger that I had to then. And that's why, when finally I was no longer in love with him, it all just flooded me. It sat in me like I kind of almost felt it and inside my body like a, a small heavy boulder that would really start weighing on me or heat up even and like make me tense my entire body or like my fists when somebody would talk about him or if I started talking about him, I would feel this physical reaction from me and I didn't want to let it go because I felt that I almost that I deserved to feel this anger that I almost had that somebody robbed me or that I had robbed myself or circumstances had robbed me of of that experience at the time that things had happened and that I had let things go that I shouldn't have to his face and yeah now I was just I was like yeah why, why can't I be so angry? I should be so angry. I should have been so angry then. And I feel like I let him get away with certain things and that I shouldn't have been so soft and forgiving and protective over things at the time. And that it had really etched away at me and never really allowed him to understand the impact of his actions. That's, that's how I was feeling between April and a few weeks ago. And I didn't think I would let it go. Because again, I kind of set out not to let it go. And then this crazy thing happened. (laughs) Where I did. So the last few months have been this really turning point, transformative time for me. The way that I've been explaining it to people is that I feel like I've been, that I've been underwater or even asleep for around five years. This May, I feel like I finally was awoken or that I was able to rupture the surface or that somebody had transplanted my soul into another body or that i'm this alien that just came onto earth for the first time and the reason why is definitely a lot to do with cookie and having to work through so many things during a relationship after and it just completely pretty much taking a wrecking ball to my conception of who i am and tearing me down so fully in a way that was so painful and like had me at my lowest low at some point and made me feel so unsure about who the hell I am and made me also feel so insecure about who I am. And then, when I finally, you know, realized that things were the final end <laughs> between us and fell out of love with them and felt all this anger, and I think things kind of started to come together again where, you know, if I would describe it visually, it's like if you're this figure that somebody sledgehammers, And then suddenly all the pieces kind of start to like, I guess, magnetically be attracted to one another again and gradually create this structure, build up the structure. That's what I felt was happening to me. I really didn't think I'd get to this point because again, I felt I've been feeling a very similar way for five years. At my lowest lows, throughout those five years, the recurring thought would be, what if this is the way life is always going to feel? What if this is the way that I am? What if it's always going to be so hard? And I hate saying that on one hand because I also believe myself to be the luckiest person in the entire world when it comes to just material possessions and security and love and yeah, like, I, I just couldn't be more grateful. Talking about how hard life is sometimes feels so ridiculous, because I know it's a bajillion times harder for most people in the entire world. And yet, at the same time, you know, I get, a, <laughs> I get in my head very much about what i put out there, and especially this kind of podcast where I'm just monologuing into this void, because I want to be self-aware, and I don't want to say things that are out of touch. And so sometimes I sit there and I'm like, what is the point of me just sitting here and talking about my emotions and me, 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 and how hard I have it, la, la, la. And I hate if that's the way it comes across because I don't want it to come across like that at all. And then on the other hand, I think about the places in which I find meaning when it comes to literature and art and the media that I consume, and that there's a lot of relief someone can find in other people's confidence of their softest, most intimate parts and in their, I don't know, I guess just disc- disclosure of what they struggle with and like their highs and lows and their experience of life. Because of that, I guess I have this faith or this hope that the things I say hold some kind of substance and meaning for somebody. And that hearing about people's emotional experiences, even if they come from very different backgrounds from you, that can help you within the context of your own life. And I think like emotions, that's one thing that's so universal about the world we live in where most people, if not everybody, struggle with that. Whether it is the fact that they feel like their emotions are so intense that they can't control them, or that they have to repress them, or that maybe they feel as though they don't feel enough, that they're numb, or that their emotions get in the way of like the right decisions they feel like they have to make. Emotions And especially pleasure and pain are these things that you can't escape from and like everybody knows in some degree in some way but we're getting distracted what were we talking about? oh yes I felt like I reached its turning point and that I was now this alien on earth and it was because after five years I finally felt as though I just I wasn't drowning and for five years I'd felt emotionally that I was just constantly being swept up in the waves of my own feelings and these intense highs and lows or just these durations of flatness that felt too flat to me and as though I wasn't experiencing enough and this really this big I guess feeling of emptiness and that I would just go through the motion of things of daily routines and it wouldn't feel enough and that's why my love life for example has always taken up so much space in me. In terms of my feelings, but also just my thoughts, and why I, in the past five years, have been so dramatically provoked by experiences within my love life. Because I would put so much, I would put everything on the idea of love and on my experiences of intimacy. And I would, you know, when I'd have a crush, it would be like the most incredible time of my life and yet also the most painful. But when I wouldn't have a crush, that's when I felt as though I was just walking through this desert and that life wasn't full enough without somebody to feel all these things for. And I thought it was going to be like that forever. And then two months ago, things shifted so dramatically. It really just felt like taking, finally taking this big breath of clear air. And it's been really nice. (laughs) It's been nice. It's been weird. I feel like a new person, I feel like also as though I've been returned to this much younger version of myself that I was when I was like 9, 10, 11 years old. Again, a big part of that I think is just finally being able to come out of the other side of this relationship and this breakup. Another big part of it is that I did DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy, um, this past fall, very much because I just had the biggest low that I'd ever had. I was feeling quite depressed and isolated and lonely and honestly quite suicidal too. Because of that, it led me to do DBT and that, I think, was definitely a life-changing experience and yet also something that I didn't really feel the fruits of until much later, until probably a few months ago. And I want to do a whole episode on DBT, but also just my um, experience with mental health in less abstract terms. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that in the near future. Don't you worry if you're worried, which you probably were not worried, which is good because it's good when you're not worried. But another thing that I think really changed things for me, and this is when we get to the part of the podcast that I'm excited to talk about because we haven't been excited on this podcast ever, actually, because so much of it has been about Cookie and the heavy feelings that I was working through. And I feel like we finally arrived at this new era. And this new era is when I finally have all these feelings (laughs) for other people, and especially for this one person who I feel like has actually been a a very unexpected and misplaced, strange, confusing, maybe... (laughs) unexplainable reason for why I feel really different than I ever have in my life and why I was able to finally fully let go of Cookie and also why I was actually able to fully let go of any anger that I have for Cookie because that's the thing I let go of it and I'm not angry anymore and it's nice because I can I look back on our relationship now and I see the points in which I feel as though I was taken advantage of and yet also I can step back into the, the good parts too and it, it's weird because it hurts. It's painful especially knowing that now he's so moved on with someone else and it seems like maybe he's building this future with someone else and when I I'm so far from being with someone else or building anything with anyone at all and yet it feels so much nicer and being so angry and being so hardened toward things and when I was angry I felt as though it wasn't taking up room but now that I'm no longer angry I do feel how much room it was taking up because I feel so so much relief and so much space inside me and sometimes I still get angry I guess maybe a little or I feel this like impulse towards leaning into the anger But then i think about how i experienced a lot of pain in our relationship but i think he experienced so much too and it was a very different kind of pain but still pain and i think his pain a lot of it probably came from from really believing that i was his person and that if we did the right things we could really make it work and i think he was probably left feeling oftentimes as though he just couldn't seem to get it right and then kind of was able to make me feel as though i was the one who was unable to get it right but I think all of that must have been so painful too. And because of that, I'm, I think, back on things and I'm glad that they didn't work out. And I'm so glad that he's with someone new. And I really hope that they're very happy together. Yeah, I really hope that things are so much easier with this new lady friend than it was with me. And it's a funny thing because it's so much more hurtful. To allow yourself to be soft, especially when there's still things that, like, when you think about them too much, they they have the power to hurt you. And yet, it also leaves you feeling so much more at peace, I think. And I, I mean, I've always been someone who appreciates a degree of pain and the melancholia of it. I guess what I think about is also that the bravest thing that you can do is to allow yourself to be hurt and feel the hurt and find it in yourself to not be hardened by it. And of course there are lessons that one learns in terms of maybe being less naive and holding your own ground more but I think holding on to your softness in terms of how you approach yourself and how you approach others and especially how you approach people who hurt you that can be a really powerful thing and it can really like leave you feeling as though you as though you're on top of the world and as though you have so much space inside yourself to be however you want and that you have all this will to be a lot more vulnerable than other people because I think so many people are so scared of being vulnerable and soft and it makes sense because so many people go through so much pain and I think it's also very easy for me to be soft because again I feel like I've been dealt so many lucky cards in terms of my own life and that while of course I experience or have experienced a lot of emotional pain throughout my life the circumstances in which I have have been so much easier and it is so much more difficult when you're dealing with emotional pain, but also with physical pain or with material insecurity, your ability to feel safe and feel that you have a home and feel that you have everything that you need In terms of just being a human being. Okay, now we're gonna get to the juicy part as I mentioned before the most exciting part and what I'm talking about is that I shortly after I've stepped out of love with Cookie at the end of April, I went on this date. And I'd been going on dates since last fall. And I feel like I've gone on a bajillion dates, bajillion of them. Um, most of them, or pretty much all of them, off the internet, off um, apps like Hinge, Tinder, Bumble, etc. And though I'd met a few lovely, experien- lovely people throughout, All this dating, I always would kind of come back to feeling as though um, I was still so stuck on cookie and that I wasn't really connecting with anyone fully. And also that I just wasn't attracted to anybody. I don't know if it's my problem or if it's New York's problem or what it is, but I just have been having such a hard time coming across men that I'm genuinely fully attracted to. And it's it's, a, it's an issue. It's still an issue. But at the end of April, I went on this one date. And it was this guy that I'd matched on, with on Hinge. And weirdly, the moment that we were setting up plans, I just had this feeling that things were going to feel very different with him. And I don't know what to attribute it to, whether it was just the <laughs> intensity of my lust for him and, like, the degree to which I'm so physically attracted to him, even just by looking at photos of him. Because maybe that's it. But I don't like to think of it that way because I don't think it was just that. I think it was some kind of strange, nameless intuition, too, or this like karmic knowledge. And this is also a hard thing to talk about because i need to strike the balance between staying true to my experience of things and yet also not sounding like a delusional bumbling fool because to some i likely will but that's also a fate that i i'm comfortable with taking on with this question i can explain everything that took place between us fully because it's also complicated and i don't even know how to explain it <laughs> and i'm embarrassed about some parts and i don't want to make him feel uncomfortable by revealing too many details in case somehow, for whatever reason, maybe he might listen to this, I don't know, (laughs) but yes, pretty much this young man that I'd met off of a dating app, we went for drinks, I immediately got there and I was just so, ugh, yes, so lustily attracted to this person. But also, I don't know, I just felt so immediately just like charged with energy and yet also so comfortable and familiar and as though I could like share any part of me and so excited about everything that I was saying and so intent on listening to him and just being in his proximity. Yeah, and I don't- I still don't understand it fully, but because of all of these exciting new feelings it really interfered with the appropriate course of action. I seem to keep repeating the same terrible mistake that I have already done for the past few years that I can't seem to snap out of. And I think maybe this will be the last experience, hopefully, and maybe finally the time when I learn my lesson. And the lesson is so simple and is shut down young ladies' throats Growing up, anyways, so I'm not sure why I seem to have regurgitated it all up and not absorbed it and just can't seem to stick with it. But what I struggle with is not getting too well, not getting physically intimate with someone too fast. And it's the kind of thing where it's not with anybody at all. Um, because, again, weirdly, it seems to be really difficult for me to be attracted to anybody in this darn city. But the way it functions is that when I meet somebody who I am really excited about, it's really hard for me to s- put a foot on the brakes. One part of it is just because I am a lusty young woman and when I feel lust for someone, oh my gosh, it's a little consuming but another part of it is also I just get so swept up in, in all of the feelings and the act of being with them and the developing intimacy between us two and I think I just live under this delusion that being physically intimate with someone does consummate a kind of emotional intimacy and that maybe it'll lead to something extraordinary. And yet, it just simply doesn't. Or at least in my experiences, it simply has not. And that it just continues to get me into these situations where I feel like I really want something particular and that I hold no power. And it makes me act out like a crazy lady. And... If I'm being frank, I think most ladies are crazy because I think society drives us to be a little bit insane in the most wonderful way, also in a bit of a terrorizing way. But I I wouldn't have it any other way for myself. But I will say I think my behaviors when it comes to the men that I fixate on are a little bit crazy in perhaps an unusual way. and. Mostly because I do intend for it to be that way. I like knowing (laughs) that I stick out of the crowd in terms of my craziness or unusualness. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Where were we? So, yeah. We met. We had a lovely time. And he took me home. And he seduced me. And it was awesome! (laughs) And I shouldn't have let it happen. I shouldn't have. But... If it happened, I mean, I know that if I was in this situation again, (laughs) I probably still would have let it happen. Because I'm excitable, and I'm sensual, and it felt so good to finally meet someone that I was so attracted to. And then also just someone that I felt so strangely unexplainably connected to and just really comfortable with and like charged by especially because Cookie and our relationship and my feelings for him at this point had taken up two years of my life where for two years I was so fixated and stuck on this one person and somebody who just progressively kept weighing down on me and weighing down on me and so when suddenly I meet this person, for whom I feel all of these things for, out of the blue. It was one of the most exciting moments of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a big statement. But I'll stand by it, because I like a good big statement. I know I made a mistake by letting him seduce me. Uh, but I know I I've, that's just the place that I was in, and that's okay maybe it means that I am a filthy whore. (laughs) And maybe it also just means that I am someone who feels a lot of things, and I'm someone who really enjoys intimacy, and I mistake physical intimacy for emotional intimacy, and it gets me into trouble. But it also makes me the person that I am a little, where sometimes it gets me in situations that are really hard on me emotionally, but I'm able to get... Myself out of them eventually or work through it. I've only recently arrived at this place where I can <laughs> talk myself out of things like that because I can get really lost in my own head and I'm oftentimes again haunted by this feeling like I'm a bad person, like I do all these bad things or make all these bad decisions. But I think ever since I, um, Again, like became an alien or woke up or ruptured the surface after drowning for five years. I've been so soft, and I've been so soft with myself. Where I kind of I look back on my relationship with Cookie or like me during high school, and I just see myself as so small, because I was so small, and I'm about to turn twenty one in a couple of weeks and on one end that's that's old and i feel myself um, beginning this new chapter of my life where i am meant to mature and i am trying to work towards that and yet it's also just giving me given me this perspective of of how young i am and how little i know and how i've been in a lot of these situations where i simply didn't have the right tools to navigate them and that nothing I've done when I've made wrong decisions have been with bad intention it was just the way things went and and that that's okay and so with my crush yes, on one hand I'm frustrated because I know I shouldn't have I shouldn't have been seduced I shouldn't have let it happen And yet also, on the other hand, it was awesome (laughs) and it helped me understand certain things about me. Number one is that I realized that I really love sex. I love it. I really, really, really love sex and I know that's a very not very groundbreaking statements make daria most people really love sex obviously and since if you know me off social media you probably assume that anyways because i'm constantly talking about it but if you followed my rating and maybe if you've heard me talk on this podcast then you've probably picked up on the fact that sex is something that occupies a lot of space in my mind but also has made me feel so uncomfortable pretty much from the beginning that I've started having it. And because of that, I didn't really think I liked sex actually until meeting my crush because it was something that felt so complicated and difficult and left me feeling so insecure and something that I felt as though I was continuously either being taken advantage of then, or that I was never really, that I was having a lot of sex that I didn't really want to be having. (laughs) That's the simplest way to put it. Yeah, man, when you're having sex that you don't want to be having, of course you don't think you're gonna, you're not gonna like sex. (laughs) Because sex is all about wanting to have sex. And I didn't really feel that way until I met this person as fully I guess until I met this person and I don't know why I think partially again because he is just so <laughs> attractive to me and I can't put my finger on exactly well no I can I can sit here and explain it too but <laughs> sorry okay no, no no see I get flustered even just talking about it where were we, we we're talking about sex yes. He taught me the wonderful lesson that I love sex. It's so awesome (laughs) and I'd love to do it again with him. (laughs) And I'm probably not going to. (laughs) And why, you may ask? Well, because I acted like a crazy lady. So after he seduced me, you know, we went our separate ways. And then I pretty much just started to pursue him. And by pursue, I mean really just actively be like, hello, I had a nice time with you. I want to see you again. I'm going to this party. Come to this party. Um, I'm downtown. Are you around? (laughs) Just all of these messages that were kind of being replied to. Also not kind of being replied to that if anybody read this, They would likely come away with the idea that I am a stalker, (laughs) that he is deathly afraid of me. And then, I'm not going to get into all the details, but I made him a couple of creative projects to demonstrate my, my potent feelings for him and my desire to spend time together. And it was strange because I think all of these things that I did and just the fact that I have been such a crazy lady weirdly put me closer to what I wanted and also so much further away obviously from what I wanted. By further away, well, because I clearly scared the man off right from the start. (laughs) I just didn't hold back and I showed him all of my little crazy cards. And he looked at them and he was like, oh my gosh, this girl is actually deeply unhinged. And yet, I also think, and kind of brought me a little closer to what I wanted at the time because I got his attention. (laughs) What? Well, obviously I got his attention. I don't know how much of it was positive attention, how much of it was negative attention. And yet also... And again, maybe I sound like a delusional fool, I just kept getting this feeling that nothing of which I was doing was actually that of Pudding and that in fact some of what I was doing was a little bit on Pudding. <laughs> maybe? While I was being a crazy lady, I kept getting this impression from him that he kind of liked the fact that I was a crazy lady. And that's kind of why I kept being crazy lady. Because I just had this intuitive sense that nothing that I could do would really be that crazy. Because I felt like that was maybe what he found rather attractive about me. And I say all this and I have no clue if it's true. And to, I guess, end the story in terms of like what really took place between us, even though I still am probably talking in such an abstract way, but I just, I can't explain everything. (laughs) It's confusing. But the dynamic is, yes. We met, I immediately started being a crazy lady. We met again, he seduced me again, it was awesome again, and then I continued to be a really crazy lady. And then he pretty much told me, uh, hey, I don't think we should see each other because we're clearly looking for very different things. And I was like, look, man, (laughs) I don't know what to try. (laughs) Sorry, I don't know, (laughs) I can't. He was like, look, man, no, I was like, look, man, I don't know what you think I want, but what I want is just to spend time together because you make me feel so alive. And then he was like, okay, I guess I will see you again. But then I continued to be a crazy lady and I pushed the freaking limits over the edge again, as I seem to always do. And again to stop it. And I don't know why I cannot stop it. It is annoying to me. And it is probably annoying to the men that I fixate on too, because they're like, what the fuck is this you doing? But yeah, I can continue to be a crazy lady. And then he had to step in again and be like, okay, seriously, I just don't think it's a good idea to see each other. And I was sad. <laughs> I was sad. <laughs> because I don't like endings and I don't like letting go. And I just still believe him to be the most attractive person I've ever met. And I don't even know why. Well, no, I do know why again. Because he's tall and sexy and just like, ugh, a little introverted. But also like, charming. And... <laughs> Get a hold of yourself, woman. This is a podcast. <clears throat> I know the reasons why I'm so attracted to him. I think he embodies pretty much every single thing that I'm attracted to in terms of a man. And some of those things are things that really don't serve me. And yet some of those things are also just like what I want, I think, long term from whoever I'm with. And so of course I got overexcited. And I got crazy. And I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I am, <laughs> A little embarrassed, of course, (laughs) because what kind of woman doesn't feel embarrassed when she's a crazy lady towards a man who's like, what's going on? So he was like, okay, we gotta wrap up this show. And I accepted the defeat and I said, okay, I understand, but if you ever were looking for something out of the box in the future, I'm around, baby. And then I had this plan to message him months later, three months later to be exact, and be like, hello, just checking in. But then I ruined my own plan because I messaged him like a month later, actually. Just to, uh, hello, being like, you're still my crush, just to let you know. And then I didn't think he was going to respond. Because he didn't respond for a long time. And I was like, oh my gosh, this man probably just thinks I'm so insane. And maybe he's even afraid of me and wants to call the police on me. So then again, I was embarrassed because I was like, what the hell? What's wrong with you, Daria? Snap out of it. And then he did respond many moons later. And then we saw each other again and he seduced me again. And it was awesome. (laughs) But complicated too. And then, yeah. And then that was kind of it, and we had a couple more, like, internet exchange- well, not internet, telecommunicative exchanges. And then I sent him more things, and I was a crazy lady, like, really crazy lady more. And then he didn't respond. And that was a long time ago. And I don't think he's going to respond (laughs) again. Because at this point, um, I think I've kind of decided to let this one rest, as I was such a crazy lady. And I know I keep saying the same thing and it's probably a little frustrating to hear because you don't even know what that means. To sum it up, when I'm a crazy lady to boys, this is something I've done for a few years now, I just, I guess maybe direct or maybe flood them. I flood them with a lot of creative, compulsive energy where I just send all these strange messages that are oddly worded and very long but also kind of sound like this creative writing exercise or like a comedy stand-up routine and then sometimes I make them um art and crafts like powerpoint presentations or something and (laughs) I also yeah and I just keep doing it and I kind of don't let myself get swayed by the fact that they're not responding but I also try to artfully because I don't want them to really feel uncomfortable and feel as though I am someone they need a restraining order against. So I try to time it appropriately and only send like one text every few weeks or something. And it's a crazy thing to do. Because if a man's not responding to you, why are you going to keep messaging him? And part of it is because I find it to be uh, gently hilarious, partially because I have a lot of energy that I need to direct into more productive things, but I love directing them at withholding men. Partially because, um, I like the narrative it's building maybe. Partially because, because my dirtiest fantasy, I think, is being with somebody who I don't expect to accept and appreciate all these parts of me, but who surprises me and does. And oftentimes it's these withholding men who somewhat are charmed by these things about me, but also like want to keep me away with a long stick. And it's hard because I don't know why. It's that's the kind of guy that I just continued to be attracted to. Where the relationship I was in, it did start off a little similarly, where I just was a crazy lady towards this boy and it was for different reasons it was because um he was my first experience with intimacy and it really sunk its teeth into me and then when he didn't respond it drove me really just genuinely crazy not fun crazy lady like um very sad crazy lady but then i ended up with this person who i realized didn't really like a lot of things about me or didn't like them as fully as I wanted them to or no you know what scratch that just genuinely didn't like a lot of things about me and worked his butt off to try to like them about me maybe but couldn't do it because we just again weren't the right fit and so it's a dangerous game I play chasing these guys who I developed these intense crushes on who are really Oh, I just find it so attractive. And I'm not even talking about all these guys. I'm just talking about this crush cuz he's so cute. But where was I? Yes, it's a dangerous game, game, because when you chase someone who has a lot of reservations about you, if you do eventually get them, what happens if those reservations remain and if they want to edit you and they they don't really they're not as comfortable about parts of you. That you want them to be, or even parts of you that you're comfortable with, that they're not comfortable with. It sucks. It's really painful to do that, because I did that. And I don't want to be in that kind of relationship again. I want to be with someone who not only balances me, but also amplifies me and makes me feel even more comfortable in my own skin. And, you know, someone who loves all of the crazy bits, because... They know that while they might be (laughs) a little much, that that's also like what what makes life feel so much richer. And maybe I'm somebody who just really loves feeling alive. And that's why I get sometimes lost in certain feelings and why sometimes I can do these crazy things. And I want to be with someone who sees that and loves it. Loves it. That that's one of the reasons why they fall in love with me. I want it to be that. The fact that they like. That I'm intense and that I'm unusual and that I don't always respect certain societal r- rules and that yeah and that I, I feel a lot of things and that I don't hold back. I want somebody to really like those parts about me because I realized I really like those parts about me. My idea of love is not being with somebody who, with whom I'm constantly gonna have to be fighting with about whether those parts of me are, are right. But I want to talk about my crush because it's something that I feel matters. Because he's been a, a big turning point for me. One of the reasons why I still think about him is because I had spent all this time in this relationship where I felt like so many things were wrong with me and that all these strange, crazy parts of me were things I had to really edit and reduce. And then... Suddenly, out of this blue, I meet this guy that I'm just so, so ridiculously attracted to and with whom I feel weirdly really comfortable with. With whom I just feel like I can say anything and do anything and be as playful and funny and strange with as I want. And Maybe all those feelings were misplaced and that this idea in my own head is actually what kind of got me into trouble in the first place and is what has put so much distance between like me and what I want. Is maybe if I didn't act <laughs> any way that I'd wanted it to, <laughs> maybe we would have continued to see each other, you know? But I think the fact that I, I went so much with my impulses and my compulsions in this situation is because it felt so good. And because I wanted to give myself the opportunity to return to these parts of me that were there before my relationship and I I wanted to be reminded of what it's like to just not hold back and just be um, crazy and goofy and surprising and get swept away by all these romantic feelings for someone even if they're not reciprocated. Like something about all that felt so good. And in this way, that just felt so filling where, yeah, I think it just reminded me of how even though I get embarrassed by certain things about me still and get in my own head about it, that my craziest, most unusual parts of me are also my favorite parts of me. Yeah, it like provided me with some perspective, I think, in terms of really what I want from the person that I'm with next and what's so important for me is to have that charge and to just feel so much attraction towards somebody where I can't help but feel really excited by them. And that's what's been missing in all of, on all of these dates that I've been on. And <laughs> something that continues to be missing on the dates that I've go- gone on since. And it's hard because when I get fixated on someone, I get fixated on them. And, um, yeah, I just, I don't feel like I've really met someone with whom I've had a similar connection with but even connection with I I say and I fear that I sound delusional again because I honestly have no clue what was going on in my crush's mind the entire time well from the beginning that we met and then throughout all my crazy lady behavior and then when we met again after all my crazy lady behavior it was just so confusing for me yeah I guess I don't even know how to fully talk about it I wrote about it And that was helpful, and I guess the conclusion it helped me arrive at is that there are so many different ways to understand the situation and to- I pretty much have the room to believe any kind of story about what took place or didn't take place between us, and even though it might be silly and naive to believe the more romantic story, (laughs) that's also the version of the story that feels good, and that there's not really any reason to be hard on myself or to be hard on him. And to be like, oh, you stupid girl, you embarrassed yourself, you made yourself into something unattractive. Or to be like, oh, he never saw you as anything meaningful and he just um, used you, la la la. Of course I can look at things this way, but I don't want to. And <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, maybe that makes me into a more naive person, but it's also what helps me feel more at rest. And not as anxious because of course I get anxious like it doesn't feel good to feel a lot of things for someone and kind of lean into it and send them all these things with the hope that maybe it'll work out and then to not be responded to it's confusing and it leaves a lot of open ends in terms of like does he think I'm just crazy or did he ever find anything attractive about me or like why exactly is he not responding and There are all these questions that I can, I guess, chase my own tail at for forever. And that's what I did with my relationship for so much. And I think because of that, I just realized I don't want to do that. I don't have the energy to do that. And yeah, so I guess maybe the simplest version of the story is that I met someone that I felt so connected to and felt so excited by. And maybe it wasn't the wrong timing for both him and me because it made me into... (laughs) a more easily excitable seducible crazy lady figure than maybe I would be now and it made him into a more unavailable figure than he would be maybe in a few months. And because of that it didn't go anywhere And that that's okay because it reminded me of what is really important for me in terms of going forward, of the people that I meet that I I need to find feel that immediate, Uh, just attraction and intensity and charge, and also to feel really safe and comfortable with someone. And it's hard. It's a rare thing to find, which is why also I latched on so hard when I stumbled upon it, because it felt so nice, and I know that it's rare. But participating in the game of love is all about having faith, and so I guess I have faith that I will stumble upon that feeling again, hopefully sooner than later. And I think also was about like what I wanted from him because it did feel like he had this really, I don't know, clear understanding in his own eyes of what I want and what he wants. I think what I understand is that there's what I want, but there's also what I wanted from him. And weirdly, they were a bit different things because what I want is I want to be in a relationship, I think. what the hell why am I saying I think no I do I do want that because I want intimacy I want emotional intimacy I want physical intimacy I want to feel like I can rely on someone I want I want to find somebody who I feel so good with um and somebody who's in some ways my best friend in terms of being a sounding board and somebody that I just have so much fun with and somebody that I feel like my most childlike craziest, goofiest, safest self with and then also I want the intensity and the passion and just this sexual lusty drive I want all of that and I want something meaningful and something that I guess like makes an imprint on both people and I know I want those things and weirdly with my crush it was that's not necessarily what I wanted from him And I don't know how much of this is, like, me just convincing myself of deluded things. But I, with him, I just really wanted to spend time with him. Because something about being in this company just made me feel so good. And also not in this, like, crazy highs, manic good sense. I just mean comfortable in my own skin and safe and taken care of and as though I can just do and say and act in whatever way I want to and also like just so excited but peaceful too. Like he's someone that I just wanted to be in the same room with and like get to know further and like learn to understand because also I guess I, I feel like he likely understands a lot more things about me maybe than I do about him because I shoved them down his road. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope I didn't make him feel uncomfortable because I like being a crazy lady but I don't like making people feel uncomfortable and that's something I really get worried about because I know people see me as a bit of a provocateur sometimes and I think I am because I'm attracted to provocative things but I don't like making people feel uncomfortable in terms of like their own selves and like their safety. Like I like making people feel uncomfortable in terms of art, for example, but I don't like making people feel uncomfortable in my interpersonal relationships. I hate that. So I just hope I didn't. And I guess I won't know. And I guess it's okay. Yeah. Just two ships. Sailing by. One's a crazy lady and one's an emotionally unavailable man. <laughs> and maybe that's all it was. Okay. This is a long episode. But I had a lot to share in the time that we spent away from each other. So thank you so much for listening, always, because these episodes are long and whenever somebody listens I always think, what? You spent all this time listening to me ramble about my relationship with men? (laughs) Oh my god. It's too kind. So thank you. To finish off, I'm gonna give you a few songs. My sister, my younger sister Chantel, Chantel Supan-Burdina, released an album um, this summer because she is the most talented, hardworking person I know. And it's called Trails by Chantel, S H A N T E L L E, and you can find it on any music streaming platforms. And. I love it. It's amazing. And I don't just love it because she's my sister. I love it because it's just an incredible piece of art. Yeah, the things she works through in this music also really fit well with, (laughs) I guess, the things we talk about on this podcast. So I'd really recommend listening to the entire album. My favorite song is My Reservations. So again, Chantel, Trails, on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever. Please listen to it because it's awesome. And then my other recommendation is pretty much this summer i've been listening to so much of fk twigs and i just think she is genuinely like one of the greatest artists to grace this earth where everything she does is just with so much dedication and maximum effort and sensuality and vulnerability and it's beautiful so all of her work honestly but especially the songs killer careless and oh my love i've been listening to a lot this summer and so i think this is where we're going to conclude today i uh, yeah i just want to say thank you again thank you for listening thank you for being here and i will talk to you soon i promise you've been listening to Intimacies by spideria with Daria supon and I hope you have a good day!